Rural obstetrics care is often plagued by a lack of providers, low reimbursement, and limited resources, often leading to closure of birthing centers and OB-GYN practices in rural communities. When a provider and a program do stand the test of time, a legend often emerges after a storied career as one of the only, if not the only, providers delivering babies in that community for decades. So, how do OB-GYNs support the long-term success and sustainability of obstetrics care in rural hospitals? With a dedication to their patients, a passion for their profession, and a steadfast resolve to be rooted in their communities. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodgeyer. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 90 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Chief Communications Officer. Rachel, today we have the privilege, the honor, the distinction of speaking with one of our longest-serving providers, who many see as being the single provider who had the most impact on our hospital surviving at one time in our history, in some of the most difficult financial challenges ever seen before in this hospital and in healthcare industry. And I am honored to have this good friend with me in the studio today. That's right. We are talking with someone who has spent decades serving our community, delivering hundreds of babies, and whose legacy lives in our birthing center here at Hillsdale Hospital. In fact, named after this gentleman, uh, and when I say gentleman, I truly mean that. Our guest today is Dr. Alfred Bediaco, OBGYN, and retiring chief of obstetrics at Hillsdale Hospital. So, Dr. B, welcome to your first ever interview on our podcast, Rural Health Rising. Thank you, JJ and uh, Rachel. Thank you both. Uh, it's certainly a pleasure uh, joining you this afternoon, and um, I'm glad that we, we are communicating this way. Yes, we are excited. Yes. So to start, Dr. B, as uh, most of the community affectionately calls you Dr. B, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your work at Hillsdale Hospital? Well, like you said, most people call me Dr. B. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been here for about 30 years now. I know. Um, I'm married to Irene for about 44 years now. We have two children and um, five grandchildren. Of course, you know, I lost one child at about the age of 21, but that is a long time ago. And uh, may her soul rest in peace. Yes, amen yes. on that. That's right. And um, it's, 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 it's been a pleasure working in this environment here. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. B, um, you know, you, you have certainly become a legend in our community. And I want to ask you this question. When you go to Walmart or to Kroger or to the grocery store, uh, how long does it take to get out of those places? You know what? <laughs> right now, right. The, the trick I do is I go very late, 12 midnight. Oh, 12 midnight. <laughs> because if I go early... I probably would not finish whatever my wife wants to go and buy. Right, it's ours. I, I, I practically know everybody there. You do, mm -hmm. being and here 30 nice. years. It is nice, yes, it is nice. Absolutely. And uh, every step, I have to stop and talk to my beautiful patients, and, uh, oh, this is the one you delivered. So, yeah. And they grow fast. Yeah. 
Yes. So, Dr. B, you're from Ghana. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about your background and your heritage, if you would, please, in that journey. Yes. Um, you know, I trained in medical school, Ghana Medical School, yes. Of course, all my basic medical education has been in Ghana from the elementary school all the way through high school and into the medical school system, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, when I completed medical school, my intention certainly was to go into uh, specialization. But back home, the system said that specialization is a little difficult. You may have to be in line. I was interested in general surgery, and I have seniors ahead of me, so you really have to wait. Mm -hmm. But then you could, on your own, take the adventure Mm -hmm. and travel abroad like I did over here and enter into residency right in general surgery right so but back in ghana you shared with me a story that it's not easy to get in medical school oh no 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 can no, you no, can no, talk no. to us a little bit about how that differs <laughs> from you know the united states it seems like it's a wide door yeah it is a narrow door yeah yes um in my year you know we had only one medical school at that time in ghana in ghana at that time and they would normally take only 55 students. Wow. And that 55 is open to all local and international applications. So the lucky 55 is who enter the medical school. You know, interestingly, Dr. B, there are 32 million people in Ghana. How about that now? And I don't know what it was like um, back then. Uh, in in the Republic and West Africa, I'm sure it was close to probably 20, 20 million, twenty five million. It, it was it was around about fifteen to twenty million. Okay, around that time. So yes. so fifty five students students out of twenty million people applicants. Yes, <laughs> Doctor B, that's incredible. It it was difficult. It was difficult to enter the medical school. And you yes. were initially you were accepted right from the beginning. Yes. Yes. And uh, it's not that your family was royalty, no, right? No, 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 no. Uh, purely academic grounds. Right. And that, that is what held most of us. Yeah. Yes. And there was nothing like nepotism or anything of the sort. No, yes. It's just academic grounds. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So. And then your training in Ghana. That was superb. <laughs> superb, wasn't it? Superb in the sense that, you know, we, we, we are not privy to all these modern machines and so forth, uh, like the CAT scans and the ultrasounds machines. Uh, so remember, I completed medical school in 79. In those days, um, these machines were not around, mm-hmm. and clinical medicine was what we lived by. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it was in-depth training. Yeah. Yes. So... Once you have that fundamental in clinical medicine and you travel abroad here and you're lucky to get all these ancillary type of uh, services, yes, it does make medical practice beautiful and Mm -hmm. interesting with good understanding. Yes. And and the last question regarding this history is you shared with me before your boards in Africa, in Ghana, was much different. You had to set it before is, it, your peers is, and yes, argue it is, cases. Oh boy, it is different. It is different. Yeah. Um, apart from the written examination, you have to have the oral examination, and the oral examination starts as early as the second year of medical school. Hmm. 
where you have your professors as well as the invited examiner, um, used to be from England, but sometimes we'll take our West African senior counterparts. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you, the student, will sit down and, of course, they ask you questions. Yes. So there is no dodge in it. Yeah. You <laughs> because get... you don't know what questions are going to be asked. Yeah. And you just have to be rounded. Yeah. And that's incredible. Uh, yes. You know, what a, what a prestigious opportunity to be among 55, you know, in a population of nearly 20 million people with yes. applications galore from across, right? It's not just in Ghana. Yes. And, and to be accepted. So, Dr. B, you are not here by chance. Wow. You are here in Hillsdale by design. I firmly believe that. I think we both have a faith. The Creator has placed you here. Yes. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about when you got here and how you got here in just a minute. Right. But what I want to ask you, Dr. B, is, you know, you have a lot of passion. You're just full of life. And so, you know, we've kind of established who you are and what you do and the, the time that you've spent in Ghana and here. Um, and, I, and I ask this question of all of our guests on every episode, and it is a question... Uh, known as the why, okay? And and I want to know, what is your why? What motivates you as Dr. B? What motivates you as Bediaco to get up in the morning and do what you do every day? You know, the fundamental thing is interest in what you do. If you don't have interest in what you do, in obstetrics, you will not survive. It's true. It is the interest. Yeah. And that is my reason, and that is my reason, yeah. and that is my reason. And that is that has caused you to get up early and to yeah. stay up all night. You remember those days of, uh, <laughs> as my wife, who was the former chief nursing officer, would describe yeah. it, uh, very strong pots of coffee. Yeah. For, you, because there was a period, Dr. B, and we're going to talk about it right now, in which you were, it was just you. Yes. So let's yes. talk a little bit about that. So, so um, you know, let's start from the beginning. When did you first come to Hillsdale? Explain your, see, you tell a beautiful story yeah. about what attracted you to, you know, first America and then, and then to Hillsdale. Yeah. And, you know, I know what brought you here, but what kept you here? Yes. You know, it's very interesting you asking this. Um, in residency towards the last year, um, there are various recruiters who call around and mm -hmm. I received a call from the, um, from our office. I was in the operating room at that time and there was this beautiful voice saying, uh, doctor, we're looking for somebody in, uh, our town here. Uh, we've lost OBGYN. If you would like to help us out here, I asked, so where, where is this place? They said, Oh, Hillsdale. I said, where is Hillsdale? Michigan? I said, no, no, no. Michigan is too cold. <laughs> she said, no, no. She insisted that, no, we just enjoyed the four seasons. And uh, to try to just politely cut her off, I said, all right, you, you, let me, I'll call you back. <laughs> and she said, no, you give me your address and oh, wow. I'll get in touch with you. So that was the nursing director then. Yeah. Pat Lyons, right? Pat Ly yes, Pat Lydon. Lydon, that's right. Yes. That's right. So she sent me an opened ticket. Wow. Yes. And I put it down for about a month or so. Right. After one long call, tired, I said, let me go see where this Hillsdale Hospital 
uh, Hillsdale, it was then Community Health Center, mm-hmm. right? So I thought maybe I was coming here just to uh, take it low, take it vacation or something like that. <laughs> and boy, you know, in, in New York, Brooklyn, I was in Brooklyn, New York, uh, Interfaith Medical Center. So you were in Brooklyn at the time? Brooklyn, yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, we didn't have much of snow at all, just speckles. Oh, yeah. And then I landed here and it had snowed at the airport. First time you've ever... First time, yes. First time landing here at Detroit. Just rented a car there and started driving. I got to Hillsdale, the whole town was asleep. I always say that. But my direction was to go to the college. So I went to the college, very tired. Got the, what do you call, to the college, you know, they the have... The Dow Center, The yeah. Dow Center, they have yeah. the hotel. Yeah. And slept, woke up in the morning. And when I looked through the window, the, the carpet of snow was very, very beautiful, extremely beautiful. That was the first time that I had seen such amount of snow yeah. and the quietness of the place. So I called Pat Leiden, uh, I'm here now. So what? We didn't know you could. I said, yes, I'm here. So they brought me in here. Yeah. And uh, Chuck was the CEO yeah. at the time. Yeah. Came and looked around the hospital here. It looked very small. I'm coming from Brooklyn, Jewish hospital area. And when I met the CEO, he looked me in the face and said, Alfred, all I need is a few good doctors and I can turn this place around. For whatever reason, I, I, I believed him. He was very convincing. Mm-hmm. So I believed. I said, okay, looked around and went back home. And I told Irene, you know what? The place looks like Mucklesfield. My wife trained in um, Scotland, mm-hmm. as a psychiatric nurse. Yeah. And she was in Mucklesfield in Manchester. Yeah. And just when I said the place looks like Mucklesfield, she got interested and said, okay, I'll come and have a look too. Wow. Yes. So she came and she also fell in love with the place. Yeah. Meanwhile, I had a contract from Oberlin. Lying on my desk there. I'm glad I didn't sign it. I there. am so glad you did not either. <laughs> to our benefit. Yes. And, and so I came with Irene. She loved it. And we told the CEO, all right, we yeah. might come with the children. And the children came and they also loved it. Isn't that amazing? And you came at a time at this hospital when there was three days cash on hand. <laughs> we had no money. The hospital was just yeah. uh, just absolutely in dire straits. That is true. And, and you <laughs> saved not only uh, the program, but also the hospital. And we, and we, we truly believe that. And uh, your dedication has shined ever since. And to the fact that uh, just recently, uh, in, in the last few years, we have named the birthing center uh, after you, big name you. right there, memorialized on the <laughs> yes, front of the building. Yes. And as you walk in, a beautiful portrait of you yes. and your wife, Irene. We've had a lot of dedications over the last few uh, years for you. That is uh, true. And it is all due and fitting and proper, Dr. B, because you came at a time that was so pivotal uh, in the history of Hillsdale Hospital that on behalf of Hillsdale Hospital, I say thank you for, for taking the risk of coming to a rural community had to be quieter than where you were, right? It was, it was, yeah. it was. Yeah. And uh, I have loved it, yeah. and I'm glad I did, yes. I've enjoyed every every second of it, Well, we have, and I'm still enjoying it. And you still got a lot of life left in you, my <laughs> oh, friend. Oh, yes, oh, yes. 
<laughs> so, JJ, you have told me a number of times that uh, Dr. B saved our hospital once upon a time. So can yep. you elaborate and expound upon that a little bit, kind of tell the story? Absolutely. I firmly believe, and you've heard me on this uh, podcast before, that a hospital can be sustained through their obstetrics department. When a hospital loses their obstetrics department, so goes the hospital. I firmly believe that. And the reason for that is, is where that life begins, you have a captured population that can be with you throughout the entirety of their life in your community. So you get to be with them at the beginning, but you also get to take care of them in specialty care and in your primary practices. And you build your practice based on that. When these patients go to other hospitals, they are integrated in those hospitals as well. And they don't start here in our community. So when I say that, you know, people choose their hospitals, much like you, based on life events. We're going to put mom in the nursing home. We're going to have dad with that very complex surgery. We're going to have a child. And you, when you sit down to consider those things, those are not knee-jerk reactions. Right. These are thought-out I want to go there because of this or this. And it becomes the lifeblood of your hospital to have these programs. So with that, um, Dr. B, from your perspective, why is obstetrics care in particular um, so important in rural communities especially? Why does it have such a big impact on the healthcare system and the community overall from your perspective? Like Gigi just said, um you see, if a community, uh, a town like Hillsdale is able to retain all of its maternal care, mother care, uh, within the local facilities, it, it promotes everything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the sense that the husband is also rested, mm -hmm. knowing that my wife can be taken care of here, mm -hmm. right? And um, like it is, they get pregnant, deliver their babies. We are able to take care of the babies as well as the mothers. And um, they, they grow, and it's a cycle. We're able to maintain our own village. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. So it, it, is, it is extremely important. And we should remember that being rural does not mean that the care is going to be any less effective. Mm -hmm. Right. No. The care is just as competent as our system would allow us mm -hmm. because after all we're all educated in obstetrics and gynecology yeah and if for any reason you cannot take care of the mother within the local system we have places that we can rely on that's true but providing maternal care here is extremely important in any rural establishment agree and yes. in a lot of our rural hospitals are closing their obstetrics departments. And and I, I firmly believe, Dr. B and Rachel, that so goes their hospital. That is right. true. I think it's the start of a very bad decline when true. you lose that basic well, program. I think but it's also, sorry, I was going to say, I think it's also a decision that's made when things are, you know, you're already on a bad path if you're willing to close your OB unit. But it does become kind of the first, it, it's like, the ball's at the top of the hill, and you close your OB unit, that's when it starts rolling down. It is. 
You know, and speaking of, you know, mm-hmm. we just had shared about the difference between gynecology and obstetrics. You know, for the for the layperson listening, Dr. B, those practices are, you know, integrated together, but yet they're distinct and separate. Explain to our listeners what what that practice looks like in both of those realms. In 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 just simple terms, obstetrics is taking care of pregnancy, the pregnant woman and the birth of the child. Mm-hmm. And after this is done, the health of the mother, the maternal health, becomes a gynecological consideration. Mm-hmm. Yes. Simple things regarding things like simple menstruation, birth control systems. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there are other diseases that are unique to women mm-hmm. uh, pertaining to the uterus. Yes. And um, this is what a gynecologist is going to concentrate on. Mm-hmm. But believe it, nowadays, it's not just the women's part only. No, the psychological, the mental aspect of everything is there. Yeah. Yes. And you, the gynecologist and the obstetrician, believe it, your patient trusts you to a very, 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 very holy extent. Yes, they and do. And do not abuse it. Correct. Do not take that for granted. It is extremely important. A special relationship. Yes, it's a special relationship. Yeah. Yes. Dr. B, um, you know, obviously uh, you've built the trust of so many people, and I think we we stopped counting at 9,000 deliveries. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, but it's, 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 it is truly a high number. But when you started in the 70s, you're here, did, you know, you're here in 2023. Yeah. Maybe you didn't even imagine that you'd be in medicine that long. Maybe you thought you'd be back in Ghana doing yeah. something, um, <laughs> you know, but truly it's when you first started to where we are today, can you yeah. just talk to me about some of those changes in medicine that you have watched in your field? Yes. You know, let me, let me go. I completed medical school in 79, all right, and I went through general surgery for some time, about almost six to seven years there before I ended up in uh, obstetrics and gynecology. Yes, and uh, for the past thirty years, there's been a lot of changes in obstetrics. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's and it, the changes are for the better. Yeah, yes, um, we have good developments in the fetal maternal. Uh, side of medicine where right now even we're doing intrauterine fetal surgeries. Yes. Uh, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the investigative tools are also well sharpened, which is with simple things like ultrasounds yeah. and even uh, the, uh, what you call uh, MRIs and yes. so forth are still yeah. used over there various prenatal diagnosis of various diseases, that is genetic analysis and the rest. Mm-hmm. And by simple blood or s- simple blood analysis, we're able to tell mm-hmm. about some genetic profile of the pregnancy. Yes. And also to mention that of uh, the in vitro fertilization type yeah. of things to help those finding it difficult to mm-hmm. uh, achieve pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of improvement there. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
and so many other subdivisions in the gynecology part of it. Yeah. Yes. Obstetrics, we have the maternal fetal, and in gynecology, we have the pelvic surgeons, we have mm-hmm. the oncologists, and so forth, and all these uh, designs to certainly help mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. You know, um, certainly looking at, from a technology perspective, we have the, the I'm going to say, the honor of receiving a Ronald McDonald grant for the fetal monitoring system uh-huh. in obstetrics. And so you can place this, you know, on the mother the mothers. and you can be anywhere in the country, Dr. And then B. be able to read it. And you read it. Yes. Isn't that incredible? It is believable. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. <laughs> it is absolutely beautiful it about the beautiful, technology. Yes. And then, you know, named after you, the Betiaco Birthing Center, that's a beautiful state-of-the-art facility, isn't it? It is a nice place. Yeah, nice. You know, you probably remember the time when we had in <laughs> the carpeted uh, floors and, and having uh, two, yeah. two moms in the same room. That's right. You know, very, very difficult, you know. Right now it is a state of art. Yeah. And then you have to take them down the elevator, through a hallway, to to get them to the OR. Yes. Now all that's gone. Everything is Everything is just localized. on the same floor. Yeah. Yes. That is is incredible. What I like is the the fact that we've been able to even bring the gynecology part onto onto the same floor. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And you've, you've had a chance to work with a lot of people. Over the yes, last I have seen, 30 I have years, seen, yes, haven't you? I've seen a lot of uh, my ladies and yeah. uh, even other doctors. Yeah. And and this morning, in fact, they surprised me. They did. Bringing some of our uh, senior nurses. Yeah. Yes. It was incredible, wasn't it? It, it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah well, that, that, shows your, that shows the impact that you have made in their lives. Well, I, I, I love it. When I, when I am out and about in the community, you know, I often hear our former employees, the first person they ask about it, is Dr. B still working? And I'll be like, oh, absolutely. How is Dr. B doing? Great. His, he's, yes. his health is wonderful. Uh, he has a lot better blood pressure than I have, and I've been, uh, I've been very lucky health wise. You have I've been. been very lucky. Yeah, um, I don't have any high blood pressure, no diabetes, nothing. No, of course, except my knee, which uh, you kind of took care of. Yes, and uh, fortunately, there was no arthritis. It was meniscal tear. It was so. great, though. I'll be challenging you running one of those days. Well, you'll probably win <laughs> because I eat pizza and you don't. So that's oh, probably oh. what that's going to happen. But uh, but certainly it is a it is a testimony when you have the return of the girls who were uh, working with you and yeah. the staff and um, you know your teams come back and to say thank you for yeah. being such the legend and that has been so important. And you know something else very interesting is the fact that. Uh, you delivered, you know, a lot of uh, babies since 1979 who are now grandmothers yeah. with their kids' kids delivering. That's got to feel great. It, you know, the, 79 was when I completed medical school. 92 was when I came here. Yeah. Yes. And uh, believe it, I have delivered a, let me tell you an interesting story. Uh, Please. I was in the office, uh, one of the nurses came in and said, oh, my mom says I should give you this. So I just opened it and I looked at that and said, who is this? And she smiled, that is me. No. This is the 
child I delivered who has gone back to nursing and was now working on OB floor, giving me instructions. (laughs) (laughs) So I smiled, Uh yes, and I said, I should have given you had a spank. (laughs) (laughs) An extra spanking. Yes. Exactly. It was very nice. And I said, oh boy, tell your mom thank you. Absolutely. Those are great stories. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Having delivered all four of our children, right? Oh, yeah. There's wonderful stories that we hear in the community. Now, having come from a much more urban environment before you came to Hillsdale, I imagine that was a pretty big shift for you uh, coming from Brooklyn to Hillsdale. And we do know that, you know, rural communities often have a much larger proportion of individuals who are, you know, a lower socioeconomic status than maybe an urban or suburban community. So, first of all, what was that, you know, change like going from Brooklyn to Hillsdale? Um, and then how does that that challenge of the socioeconomics um, tend to impact the care that your patients need or the care that they receive? What's it like in the office and in the birthing center? You see, yeah, talking about Brooklyn and coming to Hillsdale is like day and night. Yeah. But that was an intentional choice. Right. I had children at that time, and I remember some in Brooklyn, my son was riding his bicycle just around the corner there. Three boys just slapped him about and took the bicycle away from him. Mm. Mm. He came home crying. Mm. All right. But a week later, um, somebody knocked at the door with two boys in front and a bicycle in hand, and that was the uncle saying that they they have to come and apologize and give the bicycle Good. back to him. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to a place like Hillsdale, and Janelle, my daughter, looks through the window and always kept screaming, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, Daddy. I said, what is it? Come and see Santa Claus friend, Santa Claus friend, every time she kept saying that we didn't know what it was. And then suddenly she pointed, see Santa Claus friend, it was a deer. A deer. Oh my gosh. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Yes, he had never seen one there like that. Yeah, never never had the chance to see that. Yes. And then one evening they came and asked, can we go out and play? You know, we have a 17 acre farm area and I dropped a tear. The fact that they had to ask permission now to go and play. You can never do that in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You have to go and hold your hands and be around. So mm-hmm. it, it was, the, the environment was just beautiful to mm-hmm. bring up your child. Mm-hmm. Okay. But let me tell you something about the care. Mm-hmm. You see, you must be fundamentally interested in living in a small town. Mm-hmm. I did not come to Hillsdale because I want to be a millionaire. I might have then been in a bigger city where they, they, no, all right? You know that I was in private practice and so forth. Yes. I I didn't charge any extra. Just what Medicaid was able to pay was what I took and distributed around. Of course, that was not much, but it was the interest, Mm -hmm. okay? People would come in, of course, they don't have much, but they smile. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to look at somebody's status to render any different care. No, love them as they can, and -hmm. you'll be surprised Mm -hmm. how quickly, how quickly they love you and establish your practice for you just by word of mouth. Mm -hmm. 
seriously. And that is how it goes. You, are, you must be dedicated to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a rural area like here, you pray that you get doctors who really are dedicated to what they do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. But you can't come in here and think you're going to be a millionaire. No. 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 All right. And Dr. B, also, when you were, so you you have now been employed with the hospital for five years? Is that about right? No. They, How long has it been the, now? Three. That's about two years. I think, yeah, two and a three half, years. maybe. Okay, see? Two and a half to three. Yes. Not three years yet. I've okay. Been in private right. practice, yes. Three years. So three years. so you private practice 30 years. Yes, almost. 30 years. From 79 Tw 20, to two, no, 2000 must be. From 92. From 2020. From from 92 to 2020. 2020. About, All right, so yes. pretty close. Mm -hmm. And the population that we serve in a rural community is typically poor. Uh -huh. High percentage of Medicaid yes. or even before Medicaid expansion, no pay. No pay. No pay. That no was pay. huge for you, wasn't it? No pay. Yes. That's rural health, isn't it? That Yes. They would, they would come in and you you'd advise them. If you went to the public health department, at least they might establish some of the Medicaid facilities for you. Yeah. For you to be able to get a few things around, even that some wouldn't do. No. Yes. And you would, in many cases, but render the just care. give the services, not who paid or no, no, no. Yeah. Whatever is paid is paid. That's all. Because I remember when I met with you about buying your practice, yes. and you said to me, you know, something about not getting paid yeah. from your patient <laughs> from your patients, and I said, "Oh no, Doctor V, we'll yes. make sure because." Yes. Obviously, we now have Medicaid expansion in the okay. state of Michigan, which is totally different than, you know, when you were practicing. Yes. You truly, there was no access for women and children. No. If you didn't have commercial insurance, it was very difficult to to qualify to, for Medicaid. For any services. Yeah. Any services were really very tough. But with expansion, you know, the thresholds changed. Okay, but yes. there would be years, Dr. B, and I know this having looked at your books, where you would pay your staff, and your nurse practitioner, which is a midwife, yes. more than you made. Yes. And that was true. not uncommon. That was true. That was very common. And it shows that it shows your heart. That is because true. if this was about business, you would have you would have been to New York twenty long, years long ago. Long time ago, yes. But this is about service. That is true. And it's the that one thing that I often when I tell the Bediaco story, <laughs> it's not a story of financial success. No. It could have been. It but it, been, but yeah. it's a story of taking care of the okay. most needy population yes. in our community, the most uh, number of patients who need the care yes. the most. And these patients would have been abandoned. That is what I say. That that was my contribution to the environment. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because for many years, you were the sole Provider, provider for yes. OBGYN in our community, right? That is true. I believe we had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a family physician by the name of Charles Veer was delivering some babies. Yes, Dr. Right? Veer was delivering That babies. was rare that you would have that, right? Um, at that, yes, at that time. When I came, no, no, no one family was. doctor was. No, so, it was just pretty much yeah. you. And the question I always had in the office was, are you going to stay? That's, yeah. Yeah. That was almost, their first worry. Almost all the ladies coming in would ask, are you going to stay? Yeah. Are you going to stay? I got to understand that they lost most of the doctors around. Yeah. But when I came, I, I was very matured. I was 40 years, okay? I was mm -hmm. 40 years old, yes. Um, 
of course, now all the doctors are very young. <laughs> still... Well, comparatively, right? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it's interesting to note that what I love about your mentorship is when a new physician says, yes. you know, this is too much. Uh, we shouldn't be on call or, you know, this isn't fair. You will often remind them, well, maybe my favorite Betty Ako line is maybe you should have considered plastic surgery. Maybe you should have considered dermatology, but you shouldn't have considered obstetrics because it's truly a 24 seven operation. With obstetrics, you, you, you have to be prepared at yeah. any time. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is nice if you can get to share right. the work with someone, right. but in the rural setting it's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. Yes. Many so, rural communities, yes. They don't have they don't the luxury have. of having yes. six they, like we do, because you, you know yes. we've got we've got four OBGYN and then you've got two advanced practice providers. Yes, that's that's very rare in rural communities. Trust me. Yeah. Um, and but, but that is also unique in the sense that the hospital is doing well. Yes. To to support those to services. Co- yes. And Absolutely. The, that encouragement, and yes. I'm very happy about that. Yes. Absolutely. That means we've grown the program, that's but right. we've only grown it because of your efforts. Wow. It truly, and you have to accept that. That's part of our podcast today is, you know, telling that story. And I think it's very important that we tell the Betiaco story. Also, I want to talk to you about another phrase. Uh-huh. It is well with my with soul. my soul. Yes, I think your life's your life song, yes. and your life's phrase has been "It is well with my soul." It is well with my soul, yes. Regardless of the circumstances, the being yes. called in 77 times in a week, the financial difficulties of running a practice in a very yes. poor community, the challenges faced in, in tough economies, yes. the family struggles. Struggles, yes. It is well, it well with my soul. With your soul. Yes. Why is that so special to you? You, you know the story behind that uh, I do. song of yep. the one who wrote it. Who yep. lost Horatio, yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. And uh, it was when my I lost my daughter. Right. Yes. That I I, I read the, the verses of that song. Mm-hmm. And it hits you that this is really true. It is well with my soul. Yeah. I've accepted it. Yeah. Yes. Losing a child is, is, is not something easy no. at all. No. No. But I could only imagine. Yes. But through it all, you've through had all, you, yes. you have had the ability yes. to go many places, to get big jobs yes. with lots of pay, to move your family yes. to nicer you know, locations, when I say yes. nicer, with shopping malls and right. access to airports and those types of things. But, you know, to the fact that you stayed at Hillsdale is a testament to your resolve that yeah. even here, it is well with, my soul. with your soul. It is home away from home. <laughs> it is. It is. And home, yeah. and home is Ghana. Yes. And you've had a chance most recently to go back. Yeah, October. And, uh, weather in October. Yeah. And yes. I know that uh, a gift from my wife to you uh-huh. is a return trip there. Oh. Um, and uh, <laughs> that opportunity for you to spend some time with family. Okay. Which we'll Thank talk you. about after this. All right. Um, but that is something that we feel because of the dedication you've given to this hospital 
it's a it's a donation and a gift and a, rec- a recognition of what we want to give back to you, thank uh, you. to go visit your family. All right, so we have you. to prepare your family right. to receive <laughs> Dr. B back. All but right. but truly, you know, an opportunity um, that that for us, we it, it just pales in comparison to what you've done for our community to sustain it thirty years. To build a practice up. At one point, what was the top number of deliveries you were doing a year? Um, I think we were close to about 425 yeah. or something like that. And when I came, it was about 75, 200. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yes. And uh, yes, and uh, we, were, we got to a point that we were doing it about what? Almost one a day. Yeah. Yes. But look, I lived here. I'm only seven uh, minutes from the yeah. hospital and. Uh, I'll come in in the morning, especially weekends like that. I'll stay in all the way through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then comes Monday. But at least yeah. because I'm only seven minutes away, I'm able to go home, yeah. take a shower, find something to eat, say hi to everybody. Uh, the telephone rings again. And you're and back you're... <laughs> at it again. You're back at it again. And it's interesting. Almost every day, yeah. every day, the time I would go to bed would be about 1 a.m. Because there was always somebody who comes for evaluation around 11 in the night. It always going to happen. <laughs> 10 to 11 yeah. in the night. And it takes about one, two hours to finish the evaluation. So I know my last call is 12 to 1 a.m. before I go to bed. And certainly I'll get up at about 6, 7 and back again. Yeah. But it's the nature of obstetrics. It's the nature of obstetrics. Yeah. You know? That is obstetrics. It's, yeah. Like you're saying, it's either you do something different yeah. and Get your time there, or the cry of a newborn baby. Boy, that is what I miss most. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, how sweet it is to hold a newborn baby. Isn't oh it? yes. And you've it, held. A there's lot. a song like that. There is. You know? yes. Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote that song. <laughs> yes. Because he lives. Yes. And, because uh, he lives. Yes. yes. I have that CD. Yes, I do too. Yes. And uh, it's great to hold that newborn baby newborn to hear the baby. cries. Yeah, the cry of a newborn. Yes. Yeah, and that is so incredible. You know, Dr. B, we could spend hours, and you and I do. I've had a conversation in my office for hours with you. But uh, for the sake of the podcast, um, you know, believe it or not, our time has come to an end. And uh, it is our pleasure to have you on this podcast. But it is our honor to say thank you for your contribution to Hillsdale Hospital, to Hillsdale Community, and to the greater needs of obstetrics and for being an advocate for rural OBGYN services across this country. You're a firm believer of it, and I want to say thank you. Thank you, and I'm glad that I could help. And I hope we'll have more doctors just just being interested. Yes. That is the most important thing. It is a challenge now, isn't it? it? Because, look, money, we would live it. Yeah. But the name is important. It is important. Yes. It is. Well, thank you. Thank you, Rachel. And thank you, JJ. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll have another great conversation with another great guest. So be sure to tune in. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. And you can now find us on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel is at Rule Health Rach. And you can also follow the podcast at Rule Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. 
Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. Special thanks to today's guest, Dr. Alfred Bediaco, OBGYN at Hillsdale Hospital. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit ruralhealthrising.com.